You are listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is your host, Topazu. And I am about to play a exclusive mix from the Craytrix right before her set, actually. She's playing live here today in the studio. And she put together a very amazing mix. Uh, so I'm going to be playing that in a few minutes. Once again, Infinite Beat. This is Topazu, and you are listening to an exclusive mix by The Craytrix.
belt to the heat of this beat. Totally designed to destroy concrete. I'm a Records will melt to the heat of this beat. Totally designed to destroy concrete. I'm a Records will melt to the heat of this beat. Totally designed to destroy concrete. I'm a
are listening to Infinite Beat on Radio Valencia. This is your host, Topazu, and you're just listening to an exclusive mix by my guest, The Creatrix. Um, and uh, a couple of things uh, before we start. Um, there are a couple of parties happening today, tonight. Um, there's a fantastic show at Gray Area here in the Mission featuring uh, Kit Clayton, Mark Kate, Samantha Weinart, Bezier from Honey Sound System also playing, Lavender, uh, a producer I really admire uh, here in San Francisco, and I've talked about a lot on the show actually, um, is also playing live, and its own Infinite Flower is also playing. All at Gray Area. It uh, should uh, be a really fantastic night. Um, you might want to check now. Uh, pre-sale tickets, I believe, are only $8. Uh, and it's $15 at the door. Really affordable show. It's going to be a really sick showcase. Uh, also, if you are in the Oakland area... Uh, Oakland is having its first installment of a new party that just came out, or uh, just started, um, called Intersection. And uh, Intersection's manifesto is as thus. Intersection is a new party that is meant to center black, brown, queer, femme, trans, and non-binary DJs and performers in the Bay Area. Intersection is not genre-specific. Intersection is not exclusive. Intersection is an attempt at creating space. Intersection is not perfect. Intersection is a space for dialogue. Intersection is anti-harassment. Intersection is local as fuck. Intersection lifts up some so that we can all come together and celebrate our community. This is a fantastic manifesto should be a manifesto for life in general, I feel like. Uh, and the very first party is tonight, of course, at, at the Legionnaire. Russell Butler's playing. Uh, my friend Nihar from Surface Tension also playing. Jasmine Infinity, amazing, uh, is also playing all night from 9 to 2. It's also going to be a fantastic show um, if you are in the East Bay. So today... I have a spectacular techno producer in the studio. She is one half of Fella Day with uh, Beast Nest. She has a beast of a solo project and has been playing a lot for very good reason all over the Bay Area. I have the Craytrix here in the studio with me. Thank you for coming. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so... I have all of these things that I want to talk about just because I've been just they've been on my mind in general. But um, and I haven't been watching it in a very long time. Uh, but as sort of a way for me to have a sociological study of dance culture, I started paying attention to what uh, has sort of been happening on the boiler room. I think I haven't looked at it in like a year, but it's it's been interesting and of course it has problems there's there's a lot of flaws that we can definitely talk about uh, about the boiler room and uh, kind of what goes on in the boiler room but it's they're recently they've been doing this really interesting attempt at being more inclusive towards women and sort of other underground dance cultures 
outside of white male techno and house producers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you think that, you know, as this person that participates not only just in the dance world, dance music world, whatever you want to call it, but is also a producer, do you think that the overall community, quote unquote, I hate saying that and calling it that as an, an overall umbrella term, but do you think the dance world has is having these conversations in an open and honest way? Yeah, so, you know, I actually only really recently started actually like watching into like boiler room specials in its entirety especially (laughs) like specifically for the reason that they um that it's uh they're really like loosening up in their you know in the like their genre uh eliteness and uh and the fact that there's more women and more women of color and um I just think it's it's getting more interesting. So it's the first time that I'm really actually ever paying attention, and um, and also, uh, and I, I think it's like really, I think it's really funny, but you know, like also good, probably has good intentions that um, the the whatever the producers of Boiler Room are mm-hmm. also uh, talking about how women are. Um, you know, have to face a lot of harassment, a lot of violence through the comments section. And, oh my god, yeah. And just how how crazy shit gets up in there. Like even the the quote unquote positive comments, yeah, are kind of weirdly <laughs> violent. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think I revisited because uh, I I like her music and I'm uh, I consider her a friend. Um, so Sars comment section, yeah, because she's a very attractive woman mm-hmm. has been basically essentially sexual harassment <laughs> yeah yeah it's really crazy i i think that this is sort of um i don't think that i, I mean i don't know like the conversations that are starting to happen are still like sort of in it's like this fetal stage yeah because we because as like a you know like uh, on the internet there's so many people that can be involved in the conversation and it takes a long time for everyone for people to really catch up to Mm. what is it that we're even talking about and like um just like there's so much work needs to be done to just come to a level of respect to Mm. you know that we can talk about someone uh, as a woman and as an artist and as a person of color and um I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a strange experiment. Yeah. That uh, that like the, that the boiler room or whatever has embarked on. I don't think they know it, but it's <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the, I don't, who knows how sophisticated yeah. this might actually be or not unsophisticated it might be. Maybe yeah. this is unintentional. Maybe it is something that they wanted to provoke. But um, do you think people are having this conversation in clubs like here or? pretty much in any club um, like in Berlin or London or LA or New York like do you think that are you hearing these kinds of conversations when you're in club space yeah yeah definitely Mm. Um, I mean I I really do my best to sort of like attract people and uh, take the initiative 
to get to know people that I think might be willing and able to have that conversation mm -hmm. and to engage people um, who are in a position of power to have that conversation oh, yeah. and engage where they're at and see if their ventures are something that I want to keep supporting mm -hmm. or, you know, just, it's like that. It's just, it's, it's, um, it's a space of negotiation, just like anywhere, anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have like, you know, I don't know. I have, I have a lot of friends in, a lot of friends in Berlin. Uh, a few mm -hmm. of them have like visited me, uh, recently and, It's, I've, I've actually never been there, um, but um, my friends who live there are very much... I mean, you know, it's like a world of, like, where... Like, I don't know anyone there who's in a band, you know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, do I know anyone who even plays an instrument? I don't know. But, right. like, you know, it's a, it's a very different world. And um, it's... Um, yeah, when it comes to, like, techno clubs and sort of, like quote-unquote underground music it's not very i don't think that's very underground over there it's yeah, just sort it's of like sort all of out music. in the open it's just music yeah um and i don't it, it's a very um yeah it's it's a very different conversation because uh you know it's europe so um some of my friends who are not white are still sort of like well you know like they they will see What, you know, like, once in a while, like, a woman, like, behind the decks doing her thing. Yeah. I'm a producer. But, um, but the whole erasure of, like, black and brown identities is a very real thing. Mm. Um, and sometimes, I guess maybe it comes out more explicitly over there. Mm. Um, but that's something that I can definitely, I can identify in here, too. Yeah. I can identify in the States, too. It's been... I mean, I, I actually... I started, like, paying attention to, like, boiler room stuff because I saw... What is it? I overheard this um, this interview that, that they did with uh, the cool... That's, like, really cool crew from, like, Jersey and Philly and mm -hmm. um, Unique and mm -hmm. how... Yeah, and she was, like, talking about um, just, like, Jersey Club and Baltimore Club and just, like, like coming, coming up in late 90s and 2000s and how, like, living living in our neighborhood and the, how it just sort of all came together. And I thought that was really, it was really cool because I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, I remember being in a non-huge club space in the East Coast where it was, like, just a bunch of, um, whatever, just, like, a bunch of people, like, throwing a party, and, um, and I always thought, like, it sucks that, like, these musicians, these artists, these DJs are not thought of as sophisticated, um, because, A, we're not, like, we're not somewhere, like, in Brooklyn or LA <laughs> or San Francisco, but, um, but, you know, but people are, are really good at, uh, like, chopping up things and editing things and mm -hmm. really creative and really cool and come from like a very rich historic like cultural background yeah <laughs> what was the question <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of went on um, 
do, do you think that people are having this conversation? Yeah, uh, you know, in club yeah. spaces, we're seeing it. On yeah, the, we're we're it's it's exposing itself in maybe not a constructive way in the bo- on the boiler room in the comment section, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know is this sort of a reflection of how people are having these conversations in club spaces? I think what I can really say about what's happening is that things are being exposed. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, like, I don't know if constructive conversations are happening more. Right. Um, but I, but I see that the, um, the veil is a little bit thinner because Mm of social media and the just like the thinning of the population of people who are people of color and mm-hmm. you know it's like women get paid less than men it's just like it's that's why maybe probably a lot of women can't afford to live in San Francisco and you know just just these little things that like these big things that affect um how many people are even present in the space to have that conversation? Yeah, and it's like I, you know, like I, I see, an, I, I see another woman in a club, or like I see another like brown woman in a club, or a brown person, and um, or someone that looks like they could be queer or non-binary, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, I feel even more motivated to connect with this person even if maybe we don't have that much in common but like I want to know what they think and I want to know what they think about where we're at right now and what's happening yeah so that that actually reminds me of this conversation that you and I had the last time we were able to have a conversation in a club (laughs) well yeah that's the other thing we had to find a corner to talk to each other because it was so loud um but that does remind me about um I have this thing you know as a as a woman of color um, I'm Asian, by the way, if no one knows that. Um, I have this thing where I sort of walk around the room when I get to a club space. And I I don't know why I do this, but I sort of count how many women are in the club. And I count how many people of color are in the club. Mm-hmm. And it's always very few, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and even less so, I think, now, uh, now in San Francisco for a variety of different reasons. But... Um, one conversation that we did have in a club after I counted everyone <laughs> um, was, uh, you know, the last time we talked about this, was about women's visibility in dance music and sort of the dance music world um, and sort of both our anxieties and sort of hopes for the future. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think that we are being included as women um, in some way, like in, in, in a constructive way? Or do you think that this new visibility is really just sort of, uh, I don't know. I think we talked about how are these women being appreciated because they're fantastic producers and because they're great DJs? Or is it sort of, you know, this weird, almost like a gimmick where people are looking at it and saying like, okay, like this is cool. This is like the new cool thing is, is to say like I'm into female DJs. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like this, um, like the word feminism within like dance music communities is, is being said a lot. Like I see it being written everywhere and I look at it and I'm like, huh, like, um, I, 
it's hard. Like, do you feel like the the idea of feminism and the idea of saying this word and presenting this word and um, isn't really about the conversation about being a woman and being feminist and yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that just saying the word and putting it in the title of your event or 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 putting the word woman or female or something somewhere is I don't think that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, uh, I, I mean, it's like, I, I see it happening a lot, like, in New York, you know? I feel like mm-hmm. there's a huge explosion of that. There's, I mean, there's, like, a huge, there's several, like, there's so many huge, like, different types of, like, industry within, like, the DJ and producer mm-hmm. world over there, and, um, and yeah, like, I, when I see someone who is, well, obviously, like, very talented, because I'm, like, listening to the mix, I'm like, oh, shit, they know what they're doing. Right. And, it'll, and they also, like, happen to be female, and then, like, I see them also happen to be, like, attractive, and sometimes white and skinny and, you know, like, visibly, like able-bodied and all this stuff like mm-hmm. like okay well like that's great that they have a platform for what they're doing because they're like usually like pretty good at it but um th- there are there are ways that this could be challenged more yeah. and um and because it's it's at the end of the day it's like business and it's about marketing um yeah, I don't know. I, I I do. I can't help but see it in a very like is it like wanting more, you know? Yeah. Um wanting more than just like having a a sort of like agency that chooses who they represent mm-hmm. rather than opening up a place where people can step step into their identity and represent themselves. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess I have a lot of feelings and thoughts about it, but I I, I, I do I kind of think that we we need more. Yeah. Like yeah, like we need to be doing more. Like I I'd like to see more women. You know, and I, I'm speaking. I don't. I usually don't talk about my own personal <laughs> thoughts during an interview, yeah. but uh, on the show. But I think that I'd like to see more women like Roxy Moore. Or more women mm-hmm. like K-Hand who mm-hmm. don't fit a certain marketing perspective, which isn't necessarily the artist's fault or their intention. I think their intention is to be an artist and to do really interesting things and make music that makes them happy and other people happy and, and be part of the community. Um, but I do, I would, I think we I think the both of us would like to see more visibility in terms of women of color uh, represented. I'm seeing a little bit more of that, but not not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, people in club spaces are always talking about how club spaces are safe spaces. And I think what's interesting about what I'm seeing documented 
especially in the comments section uh, in the boiler room or even conversations around us conversations that we might even be um, a part of or introduced to in club spaces I think Mm -hmm. Um, or having a lot of these conversations about the safety of club spaces um, and on boiler room you know you have a woman of color and it seems like they are lifting this sort of veil that is they're sort of lifting the veil on the idea of club spaces being safe for women yeah i think particularly women of color mm-hmm. like how do you think how do you think we can make club spaces safer for women and people of color and people who are non-binary and you know people who are transgender as well um, etc like how do you think we <clears throat> what's the resolution like how do we get to the point from your perspective uh, where we can actually say this is a safer space not necessarily safe but safer well number one destroy capitalism <laughs> number two celebrate right okay um, I so a couple years ago, um, and maybe even more than that, I, I I decided that I wanted to stop drinking. And, and that's right, you don't drink either. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that really, I mean, that very much changed sort of the way that I navigate through life and the world, and especially mm-hmm. when the sun comes down and it's time to, you yeah. know time to party and time to be in um you know in a place where people are encouraged to like you know sort of lose themselves and like use their bodies and dance and with clubs specifically you know they're making their money from the door and how much alcohol people consume and that has been and and since i started being sober always um really like seeing how throughout the night um, that changes the way that people that changes the way that people act you know Mm -hmm. and also um, the fact I I think that's sort of the I think that's sort of the trap of the club is that um, you're there and um, you have to Kind of, you have to, you know, you have to spend a lot of money. That's um, the expectation, right? That's expectation, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to spend your money, and um, and even, you know, I I've definitely heard some of my friends be like, oh, you know, like I um, as like a as like a tribute to the people playing, whether they're like people they admire, or, like friends or both. It's like as a tribute. Oh yeah, you know, I got a few drinks just to sort of like help help out the, uh, you know, uh the cash flow of, right. of the night so people can get paid and that's really sweet and cool but um I mean the intention you know but like I I, I do think sort of the I really do think that just like the root of it is just the, the bottom line you know mm-hmm. um that you go you go into a place and um you're from the get-go just sort of drained of your resources and 
you know, it's like your your money, and um, you're in a place where there's a lot of strangers around, and um, and sort of like you, there's just less consent because you're in a place where you just don't know people. You're much more vulnerable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're vulnerable. Um, and you know, it's like dark and sometimes foggy and you know, and if you're like if you're family you're a woman and you're rolling alone or God forbid your friend has to go to the bathroom or is not by <laughs> your side the entire time, like then you're just sort of alone in this space and um, yeah. you know I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure you can relate but like that's usually the time that like people see you as um as like sort of like prayer you know just like oh yeah now I'm like I'm entitled to this person's space now I'm gonna go up and just start talking to them and or touch them or start touching them or just that's always really weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying as a woman the physical aspect is really strange in club spaces mm-hmm. because I think because everyone's assuming that everyone's just as uninhibited, mm-hmm. they can actually touch you. Yeah, it's so strange to me. Yeah, um, particularly people who don't know you, which is strange. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really interesting perspective because you're saying that you know here's this sort of uh, situation where capitalism is sort of victimizing people. Maybe, I don't know, taking advantage of people, I think, is a better word for it. Yeah. And in this in this environment that's initially created, like, as soon as you pay at the door, as soon as you buy your first drink, it is a transaction where they want something from you. And it sounds like what you're saying is that it, it creates an environment where someone wants something from you constantly. Yeah. And how how is how do we make that a safe space is really tricky if we're trying to navigate that kind of scenario mm-hmm. on multiple levels. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um that's um I you know f- for a long time I really just never I never went to clubs and when I did go to clubs, I mm-hmm. went to gay clubs. Um and that's a whole well, that's a whole other can of you know a can of beans to right. open up. But I, I mostly you know really liked going to like house shows, and um, and places that aren't like that aren't businesses, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like that. I mean that that carries its own chaos with it. But um, but I you know I did sort of. Uh, there, there's like a just like a huge difference in how I feel walking into someone like oh just like someone lives here, you know, rather than like all right here we go like yeah. <laughs> the intention is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's different. You know, just um, it's not like we're all pitching in for the keg. It's more <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more like this guy wants your money. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so. We are talking about club spaces. You are also a producer. And um, what I, when I initially think about your music, I always think of uh, Fella Day and your, occasion, your occasional collaborations with producers like Nine, um, Nihar from Surface Tension, of mm-hmm. course. 
uh, and you've just often collaborated with people. Yeah. Um, so how did you come to start this solo project? Because I, I can imagine you've been making your own music for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, this year has been very heavy on the Craytrix. Yeah. She came like a like a bat of hell. <laughs> it was actually... Um, yeah, so the Creatrix was born January 1st, 2016. It's it, very specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it um it happened sort of uh well, you know, okay, so yeah, so you pointed out, yes, I have definitely been practicing and like making my own music, you know, mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um for a while just um you know, just like whatever kind of gear I could pull together, being like, "Oh, what does this sound like?" And mm-hmm. I actually recorded a lot of tapes on my four track because um, I'd always been like, I'd just always been scared of like using computers to make music, even to record. Huh. So I, I always had this like, I had this like huge like Tascam Porta Studio. Uh-huh. Um, it's like the size of like a small house, <laughs> and that's what I always used to record, and. That was always fun because I like I love cassettes and I just like love analog and everything and yeah. um and I you know like hear like hearing those tapes I'm like oh like I re- you know I really did like sort of carve out this this very specific style this very specific sound um but like how can I how can I take this to the next level and yeah and what I really wanted was more ideas about what my solo project is and then um i i took a little trip down to um topanga canyon over the new year and um i'm not gonna lie some psychedelics were involved (laughs) um a few i mean you're going to topanga canyon yeah exactly i'm not going going to church you know so (laughs) I was in this really beautiful, beautiful place just overlooking the canyon. And um, there was just so much, there was just so much um, inside of me that I really wanted to unpack. Mm-hmm. Like all these emotions and all these thoughts. Um, and I, uh, so yeah, so over like, you know, it was New Year's Eve and the next morning I, um, it all just sort of started coming to me and I was like, well, I like the reason that I make music really is sort of like, you know, like out of gratitude and to pay tribute to the things that I see as a lot bigger than me mm-hmm. and something that is completely timeless and um, exists with within the most micro and is the most macro. So um, I started writing the story, actually. So like, like actually, like I was like writing this like narrative, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, as I was writing it, you know, I'm like I'm a very visual person, so I started seeing it, and it was everything. Everything was just so clear, and. I was like, well, how am I gonna? How am I gonna like really sort of express this? What's going to be like the first manifestation of this? Um, mm-hmm. I've already been kind of practicing 
music for so long that I suppose where I'll start is with the soundtrack to it, you know. So that's that's really how I think about the Creatrix, and that's how mm-hmm. it was born. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I I feel like when I listen to your music, when I'm watching you play, especially there's some there's this quality to it that's very sensual and it's very dreamlike and it's emotional and very ambient so it's interesting that it you're you're saying that it's it's kind of a soundtrack to this idea or this feeling or this moment or this narrative that you're creating that you're crafting narrative in general it's interesting um and doing so uh you know and i mentioned this before the show started but what's interesting about that is that you are creating music that has almost an ambient quality and an emotional quality um, and a very visceral quality. Um, but somehow, and, and with other producers, I feel like it's, it's harder, um, but somehow you seem to craft this, you seem to, to draw people out in club spaces, which is really difficult in terms of ambient techno or Mm. sort of more emotional Mm -hmm. narrative pieces so it's always really interesting is that something that you're also trying to evoke in dance clubs is for people to have more to think about this kind of narrative or think about things like that emotional qualities yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah definitely Mm I uh, I really I mean so when I'm writing, I, I can be, you know, to a fault, kind of very in my head and very cerebral about things mm-hmm. sometimes. And um, I didn't want that to sort of be an obstacle or a barrier to me um, connecting with people in a way that I just, I find the most cathartic, which is just like body to body, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love, I love listening to dance music and I love, um, I love, I love watching people dance and like dissect, like just dissecting the song and the beat and, um, and to me that like, that just, it speaks to my body in such a pure and direct way mm-hmm. that it feels like medicine, you know? And, um... Yeah, your your music, uh, I mentioned before the show, um, has almost like a therapeutic quality to it, which is really interesting because I don't, I don't really expect to go to a club and feel that connected, yeah. weirdly, you know? <laughs> I mean, besides like being around people and, but the music itself and enjoying the music itself, mm-hmm. it's it's tricky to evoke this like therapeutic very cathartic environment to like actually craft it I think the only person I can think of who can do that that I've experienced is like DJ Sprinkles mm. I almost felt like I was gonna cry yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think it takes it. it's like therapy there's like a very therapeutic yeah 
I mean, Advil quality. Uh, <laughs> Advil quality. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to quote you on that. Yeah, right. Remember next blurb. I know. Next time you need some kind of a write up. Yeah. Just I'm mention Advil. Okay. <laughs> this is a plug for Advil, yeah. by the way. TM, trademark. So, do you have any releases or live shows coming up anytime soon in the Bay Area? Yes. Um, I. I will be releasing something with No Tech, which is a Brooklyn, wow. yeah, a Brooklyn label mm-hmm. um, that my friend Sierra Black and JR Head, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they're cool. I really, I've been uh, like you know like some people who they've released and are part of the whole crew or people I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. I come from. You know, I'm my my roots are sort of like in the like the noise scene. That's right. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a noise bro. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I don't know about noise. Yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> but I know I'm, what you mean. You know, so yeah. uh, and I uh, I just I've you know I've always sort of enjoyed the uh, the marriage and the commingling that mm-hmm. happens with really like harsh uh dark experimental music and mm-hmm. dance music and they take you know they it's like a little flavor it's like a little flavor packet of what's happening <laughs> <laughs> of what's happening in brooklyn with, i'm gonna use that yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's like the seasoning packet you get with your, your exactly ramen or something. yeah exactly it's like a little yeah no, yeah, a little noise. Yeah, East Coast noise techno seasoning yeah. packet. It's delicious. Shake it up. <laughs> just put it on top. Um, yeah. So, so you're out on No Tech. So I'm gonna be on No Tech soon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what else? Oh yeah. So August seventeenth, I'm gonna be playing at Second Act, which I believe is on Hate Street. Mm, I have to double check that, but I can post. Yeah. Uh, when that show is officially posted. Okay. And I'm going to be playing that with Bonus Beast oh, cool. and mm-hmm. Jim Haynes and Dax Pearson. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be cute. <laughs> it's going to be really cute. I really, I really so cute. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hate Street. Hey. I know. <laughs> I um. And that's coming finally. up August 17th. 17th, I believe. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And then I'm going to be playing with Felidae. We, t- we took um, a long break because we were both doing our own thing. For, it has you know? been a while. She released something. Oh, my God. So some solo work this year. She did. She just, um, she just re- yeah, she released a new album called A Taste of India. That's right. And <laughs> I love that name so much. And it was so good. I listened to it, and I I was at a coffee shop, and I and I literally just like started crying because I'm just like it was just such a I'm just so proud of her and I'm so excited mm-hmm. to be you know to be getting together with her again and making music and we're going to be playing a show at Salt Lick in Oakland mm-hmm. August 20th okay yeah I will also be posting that on yeah, our I gotta, Facebook I gotta make a flyer for that Infinite yeah. Beast is our is our oh yeah <laughs> Facebook page um, but as soon as that is official, there's a flyer. It's ready to go. I will be yeah. posting about that show as well. Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, 
you are going to play a live set That's right. for the next, I would say, half hour, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit shorter. We might end a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you uh, were thinking about or um, that you're going to be doing for this particular set? Hmm. I that size sounds really means like mm. organic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always, yeah. Um, yes. I, you know, I. When I was writing and thinking about this set, mm-hmm. I definitely thought of. I definitely thought I am at this moment rebuilding my body. Oh, interesting. And that's, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's just like a pure thought, right? From the brain to the mouth to this microphone. I just had a very specific image in my mind, which for some reason, I think because I just did a show, a solo set on Besmoi, Mm -hmm. or Besmoi, which is that famous film that's about rape culture and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other things. I just had like like I was just thinking about like the new French extreme movement. <laughs> yeah, it's very gory and physical and sexual. Yeah, I don't know if that seems. It's probably just me. <laughs> I'm uh, just going to be having all of these really messed up images in my head. Yeah, but you were re- rebuilding your body. Rebuilding your own body. Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is Infinite Beat. I am Topazu. You are about to listen to a live set from the Cratrix, Oakland. Represent uh, in just a few minutes. Thank you.
children back. She must hasten to her bosom. Claws, jaws.